Man, we're so glad you guys are here today. Happy Mother's Day. I love Mother's Day. Um, if it wasn't for Mother's Day, I wouldn't be here. You know what I'm saying? So you're welcome. Thank my mom for that later. She's going to be in the lobby. And um, we're really glad you're here today. Um, hey, we want you to know this. Um, if it's your first time today, we want you to know that we are glad you're here today. And we hope that you're encouraged. And um, we hope that you're inspired. And normally I don't wear a jacket, but it's Mother's Day. I figure sometimes it's a good time to put a jacket on. And I feel like my mom would be proud of me to put a jacket on. So here you go today. Don't get used to it. It doesn't happen much. Typically it's weddings or funerals. Or holidays. That's pretty much all you get a jacket for. So soak it in. And um, hey, um, Mother's Day, if you're here today and you haven't got your mom a Mother's Day gift, she wants one. Yeah. And um, if they tell you they don't want a Mother's Day gift, they want a big Mother's Day gift. It's code. Um, and so in just a moment, um, we're going to start singing after I get done speaking. Just sneak out and run to Target and, and get her something because she wants something. And um, it's make sure it's a good, good gift. Um, it's not too late. Um, I, um, I did look and I tried to find some things that you shouldn't get your mom. There's some things you just, you just, you should never, ever, 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 ever get your mom. And, and if you've already got some of these gifts, it's okay because it's not about where you've been. It's about where you're going. You know what I'm saying? It's about your future. So something you should never, ever get your mom, um, this won't go over well, is you should never get your mom spanks. That won't go over well, just, you know, and, and especially if you're, and guys, for some of you young and stupid, um, dads like myself, like if they just had a baby like eight weeks ago, that's a terrible time to get them spanks. Like, hey, I got this for you. That won't work out very well at all. And another thing you should not get your mom for Mother's Day, you should not get her a treadmill. That won't go well. Just trust me. Um, I've never gotten my wife any of these things. I'm just telling you, don't get your wife a treadmill. Some of you veteran dads are like, Man, that's why she hates me from 15 years ago. <laughs> um, you should never, ever get your, uh, your, your wife or your mom an alarm clock because they have kids. They don't need an alarm clock. You don't want to get them, you don't want to get them an alarm clock. And another thing you should never, ever get your mom, I was just talking about uh, tattoos in the lobby. You should never get your uh, tattoo dedicated to your mom. <laughs> Like, I love you, mom. Like, she knows you love her. You do not have to get a tattoo that says, I love you, mom, in there. Just tell her, and plus, when you're wearing a shirt all the time. And if you already have that tattoo, it's super fine. It's, it's okay. Um, so I just like, I just stepped on, like, three people's toes. And um, your mom, it's awesome. Your mom loves that gift. She loves everything you give her. That's how moms work. And um, you should never get her, never, ever get her a parenting, a how, to, how to parent guidebook. <laughs> That's not a good idea ever to get your mom ever. And um, you should never, ever, ever, ever get your mom a vacuum cleaner for Mother's Day. That's a terrible idea. You don't want to get your mom a Mother's Day vacuum cleaner. And um, dad's in here today or husband's in here today. You should never, ever get your, your, your wife or, or your mom a gift that really is for you. So don't come home today with a 60-inch flat screen TV and like, hey, I got this for you. She knows that's not for her. It's for you. Never, ever get that. And some of you guys are like, Wes, you're really, really messing me up. I'm sorry. Come back for Father's Day. I'll try to hook you up, you know. And, um, and the last thing you should never, ever get your mom is never, ever, ever get your mom a gym membership on Mother's Day. <laughs> it just won't go over well. There's just some things that won't go over go over well. And um, I'm thankful um, for all of you guys that are moms in here today. That was kind of lighthearted. But I, I did write down this quote that I saw from um, some three theologians um, of our generation, the Golden Girls. They said this, it's not easy being a mother. If it were easy, fathers would do it. Amen. Uh-huh. I know that's right. I'm like throwing softballs for you ladies. You figured you guys would go Pentecostal, but you haven't even moved yet. 
And I also saw this good quote today or this week's study, and life doesn't come with a manual. It comes with a mother. It comes with a mother. Author unknown. Moms, you can relate with this. I got this. I uh, heard the story of a little boy who said, Mom, I'm thirsty. Bring me some water. And the mom said, shut up. No, she didn't say that. She said, no, it's too late. You're already in bed. It's too late for water. You're not getting any water. Go to bed. So he, five minutes later, moms, you know how this goes. And dads, you know how this goes. Grandparents, everyone knows how this goes. Five minutes later, you know they don't want to go to bed. Mom, still thirsty. Can you bring me a cup of water? And she yells, be quiet. If, I have, if you yell for me one more time, you're getting a spanking. You've ever said that before? You probably have. You're in church. Don't lie. Mom, you, you, mom I, I'm thirsty. Be quiet. I'm going to give you a spanking. So five minutes later, he goes by, and he goes, Mom. She goes, what, Timmy? When you come in and give me a spanking, can you bring me a glass of water? <laughs> Smart kid, huh? I wish I could say that happened in my house. Maybe it did. Hey, um, we're, we've been in a series called, um, called Life in HD, and I, it's about seeing and hearing God more clearly. And, um, and moms, we, we want to honor you today, and we have a gift for you when you leave today, and, and, um, and, and we, we hope that today's, today is a, was great for you and that you're encouraged and you're inspired. And I, I put on Facebook this week, Mom, what's the best gift you've ever get, received on Mother's Day? And some people put, oh, my mom, my you know, best re- gift I ever received was, was a necklace or some jewelry. And one of my really transparent moms is like, the best gift my family's ever got me from Mother's Day is quiet time. <laughs> all by myself. That'd be great. And so um, we hope that you have a great day. And if it wasn't for moms, none of us would be here today. My mom is the best mom. She's better than all your moms. And um, I'm super thankful for my mom. And if you were up here, you probably would same thing, same, say the same thing about um, your mom. I have a lot of fun fun memories and um, with my mom. My mom's my biggest encouragement. Um, my love, one of my love languages I like to receive is words of encouragement. I think I like to receive words of encouragement because my mom always encouraged me. And uh, moms, you, you guys are like superheroes. You guys are greater than, um, you're the greatest superheroes. You know, I saw someone post this week, like the greatest superheroes in the world don't wear capes, they're moms. And um, they actually wear throw up and spit up and tears and they carry all that stuff. But moms, you guys are you guys are golden. I see some new moms out here today. Uh, my friend Ella's here. Her baby is like two weeks old, maybe three weeks, two weeks old. And I got to go see that baby in the hospital. And Ella's going to be a great, great, great mom. And last night I got a text message from Chris and Emily. They had their baby at 12.51 a.m. And, um, and uh, they're, they're excited. And um, one of my friends posted, one of my friends posted, um, you guys are going to be great at parenting. Y'all are going to kill it. And I'm like, you really don't have a choice but to kill in parenting is either you kill it or it kills you, you know? And so, um, and I, I love when people, I love when people who don't have kids encourage people who just had kids because both of them have no idea what they're about to get into. Um, I had one friend, uh, a lady who's been visiting our church. She's like, hey, I, I just had a baby two weeks ago and I'm in hibernation mode, which is code for she's got bags underneath her eyes, like she has no sleep, like she's just trying to survive and putting clothes on would be too hard to make it to church. <laughs> Um, but being a mom is a great thing. And I also wanted to say this to you today. Maybe you're here today and you're like, you're not a mom yet. You're like, man, I'm not a mom. Is this going to be all towards mom? If you're not a mom yet, um, or if you're trying to become a mom, I believe the best is yet to come for you. And if that's what God has for you, it's going to be incredible. You're going to love it. And I would also say this to you today. Maybe you've gotten older in life. You're like, man, I don't, I'm just, I, I'm not going to have a baby at 50 West. <laughs> um, or I'm not going to have a baby ever. Um, I'm just going to spoil my, um, my, my friend's kids. That's cool too. But there's people all around you that would look up to you. 
and they're looking for someone to come like, like you to come around them, to pick them up and to put your arms around them, to encourage them and to inspire them. And so you can be a mom to um, anybody around you or a dad to anyone around you in here today. So um, Philippians chapter two, we've been in a series called Life in HD and we're, we're, all we're doing is walking through the book of Philippians. That's kind of what we're doing. And um, today we're gonna be in chapter two and I'm gonna walk through the first 11 verses of Philippians and we hope it's an encouragement and it's inspiring to you as well. In Philippians chapter two, there's some things in here that a mom would say to their kids and I'm gonna read those to you, read those to you today. But if you're new and you weren't here this last week, Philippians was written by a guy named Paul. Why Paul was writing this, Paul is actually a prisoner in, in, in jail, that's where he's at. Typically, they would take these prisoners and they would contort their body and they would put them in stocks and they would hold their arms in a, in a position that wasn't comfortable them. The body would eventually cramp up and they would torment those people. But Paul was so graceful. Paul was so, Paul had God's, Paul had God's favor all over his life that when Paul got in there, they actually got him a desk. They got him a tablet and that guy was chiseling out writing out the Bible. And he was writing scripture down that God was speaking into his ears, into his mind, and he was writing out words that we're now reading to you today. And so what Paul would do as, as a, Paul, before he was Paul, his name was Saul, and his job was, he was, he was a professional Christian killer. That was Saul's job. He met Jesus and he became Paul, and now Paul is one of the greatest church planters known to history. And we, we see four or five, six or seven different um, um, books that he wrote and churches that he started in the New Testament, but he has started Tons and tons and tons of churches that will never, ever, never, ever, 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 ever hear of some of these churches because they started and they went. They went to the next house and they started. Well, one of the churches that he started was a church in Philippi, and it started off with reaching a lady named Lydia, and Lydia was a baller designer. I mean, this lady, she had it together. She, had her, she was just a great, great business lady. She executed well. She made a lot of money. She was very, very, very successful. And he introduced her to Jesus. She became a Jesus follower. And the Bible says that she told her whole family and all her house and everyone that worked for her about Jesus. And her whole house was converted to becoming a Jesus follower. And then we also see that he goes, and as he's, as he's out and about, and he's walking around, there comes this demon-possessed little girl that runs up to him and yelling at him and foaming out the mouth and speaking all kinds of crazy stuff. And Jesus heals this lady. Well, the people that used to own her, used to use her for money, they didn't like that he, they took away their, their moneymaker, the, the person that made them profit, because he healed, took all the demons out of her. And so they threw him in prison. Then he got to prison, and he led the whole prison to the Lord. He was just telling everyone, person after person after person after person after person about Jesus, and everyone's life was being changed. And he kept on doing that over and over again. Well, now he's in prison, and he's writing back to his, his friends in the book of Philippi. And so if you have a Bible, um, Philippians chapter 2, if you don't, it's super cool. We got it up on the screens for you. The Bible says this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Jesus Christ. I say this every single week at our church. Man, we hope that you're encouraged and inspired because we believe that God's word is the most encouraging and the most inspiring book ever written in all of humanity. There's a lot of books written. I love that how um, the book of John ends. The book of John ends in, verse, in chapter 21. It says this, at the, the very last verse. There were so many things that Jesus did, so many things that God did. There's not enough, there's not enough books to contain all the things that he did. There's not enough books to contain all the miracles and all the people that he healed. You heard Diana say this, say, if you came in here today with broken pieces and all, all torn apart, you don't have to fix yourself. That's the good news because Jesus can fix you. doesn't matter how beat up, no matter how broken, no matter how scattered you are, doesn't matter how screwed up you are, Jesus can fix all your problems. I was talking to a friend of mine um, just out in the parking lot, um, Steve, and, you know, number one reason why people don't go to churches, they feel like there's nobody like them when they get there. 
That's why people don't go. I don't want to go to church because there's no one like me. And, I, and I was, we were talking about finances. And uh, him and I were talking about this Dave Ramsey class. And, and I went through this Dave Ramsey class. And a lot of people don't want to go through Dave Ramsey class, this financial peace class, because they're like, they're going to find out that I've got money problems. Like I don't have my finances under wrap. And then I said, what happens is you get in the finance class and you find out that everyone in there, you have something in common. Everyone has debt. Everyone just has different levels of it. And so I was talking about that. When you come into church, like, man, I just don't have it all together. Well, like, if you thought that today, you're in a good place because not one person in here has it all together. And everyone came in here broken in pieces, and only Jesus can put us together. So Paul says, hey, guys, is it encouragement to belonging to Christ? Absolutely there's encouragement to bring belonging to Christ. Is there any comfort from God's love? We hope there's encouragement from God's love, and there should be encouragement from God's love. Is there any fellowship together in the Spirit? Man, there should be. He's saying, hey, guys, are you guys encouraging each other? Are you guys loving each other? Is the Holy Spirit there? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? They should be. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Love one another and working together in one mind and purpose. And churches exist to love people and to connect people to Jesus. And Paul's trying to drive that point home. Man, we should love each other. We should encourage each other. We should inspire each other. We should be together. The Spirit should be right there in the middle. God should be leading you. God should be leading me. And when he's doing that, only great things can happen. So he's saying, hey, guys, let's make sure we're doing this thing right. Let's be in this all together. Let's be connected. Let's love each other. Let's encourage each other. And that's what a church looks like. And hopefully when you came here today, you'll experience a bunch of people who don't have it together, but we love each other and we want to encourage each other. And hopefully you'll experience the Holy Spirit being here and encouraging you. And so he's saying, hey guys, if that, if that is true about you, here's what we want that to look like. Now Paul loved this church. Paul had deep, 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 deep roots in this church. And so he says here, hey guys, I want to give you a couple things. And I think your mom would say these things today. Here they are. Um, Verse 3, don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Moms, how many times have you said that this week? <laughs> a lot. Don't be selfish. I, I say that all the time. I, I'll say that to my nine-year-old. She'll want something. Or, or this week, last night we were setting up for church and my son was playing with the stupid caution floors wet sign. Like, how exciting can that be? It's very exciting for a two-and-a-half-year-old twin boy. And so he went and got that thing, and he's like that. And here comes Sayla, the bully of the family, his two-and-a-half-year-old twin sister. And she's trying to yank it from him. And he, for once in his life, has stood up to her. He's like, I'm not being bullied no more. I'm hanging on to the sign. Well, she's so much stronger than him. She's pulling the sign, and she's dragging his little bottom along the floor. Like, she's just powerhouse. Like, she's got, it's like she goes to CrossFit, at least. She has a great lower strength, lower body strength. She's just dragging her. And he's just hanging on. And I said, Sayla, stop. And I can't stop you, but you stop. And I run up to her, and I'm, I yank it from from her and I, I try to punish her as best I can in front of about 10 church people and um, which is code. I saw a mom do this today. I was at the park and moms, you guys are like Jedi's. Like you can either, my mom gave us the eye and that was all we needed. If my mom looked at you and you did something wrong, it was like you could feel her piercing your soul. It was awesome. Well, I saw this sweet, sweet new Jedi move. Moms, you may want to try this with your kids. Um, or with your spouse, I don't know. You can you can try this. Um, I saw this mom, and you ever you ever seen a magician um, do a trick? One of the things about magicians is is they try to distract you with one arm, and they try to do something else with, with the other arm. Okay, you're like, oh sweet, our pastor's about to do a magic trick. <laughs> I'm not. It did cross my mind to do one. Ready, Gabe? <laughs> Gabe just looked up like, oh man, Wes is gonna do a magic trick. Um, well, I I saw her say, come here, little Timmy, whatever his name was. That's just a good little kid name for this story. She grabs him by his shoulder. And I'm watching her shoulder. I'm watching her talk to the shoulder. But what I didn't notice was her, I, I went to look for her the right arm. Her right arm is digging into his calf muscle. I'm like, 
genius. You distract them with one arm. You know, like my mom didn't need to distract us. And, and 20 years ago, you didn't need to distract them. You could just punch your kid, you know. Nowadays, you can't look at your kid the wrong way without getting DCF called on you. And so, um, so I, I saw her do that. And so my daughter, I had to get on to her about being selfish. We shouldn't be selfish. He goes on further and says, don't, don't try to impress other people. This is such basic stuff. Isn't that what we do? My son is five. He likes to impress people. Um, he, last night, um, Brooke and her sister, Brooke and her twin sister, her twin sister's in town, but Brooke is part of our, our dream team. And it was, um, there, there are three girls, two of uh, Brooke's sister, Brittany, I'm losing my mind. I think my sister's name is Brittany. I remember that. Brittany's two daughters and, um, and Brooke's daughter. And he was just chasing around the YMCA. He was in heaven. He was in heaven. And he's not in here today. He loves coming. He's in that season of life where he likes to not be in kids' church. And we're working on it. So if you ever see him roaming around, just gently guide him that direction. Um, but I said, bro, he said, man, Brittany's daughter, uh, he, her name is um, Sadie. Sadie and Bella, yes. He had some little nickname for him. I said, bro, last night I went to go pray for him because I pray for him sometimes. I said, bro, you were flirting tonight. <laughs> he goes, like he didn't say no, I wasn't because you know that's lying. He just gave me the look like, come on, dad. I'm like, you thought she was pretty, didn't you? He goes, she is so pretty. <laughs> I'm like, give me, give me some of that. That's my dog. But he was trying to impress him. He was trying to impress him. And um, <laughs> don't try to impress people. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look at only for your own interest, but take an interest in other people. Just, just two verses there, pretty simple there. He, let me read them to you one more time. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress other people. Be humble, thinking about others better than yourself. Thinking of others is better than yourself. Don't look out for your own interest, but take an interest in other people too. Pretty simple there today. That's not like a whole lot there. It's pretty simple. But then he goes on and says, let me show you the example of what that looks like. And I want to show you today quickly what example of what that looks like and where we could see that modeled at. The very next verse, verse 5 says this, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Sub-message today, you gotta check your attitude. You gotta check your attitude. You gotta ask yourself the question, what kind of attitude? I know attitude because I have a nine-year-old daughter, so I totally get attitude, like I, I totally get that. And, um, and I get attitude because no matter how you, how you carry yourself around is kind of how your attitude, and I kind of wrote down this, if you have the attitude of Christ, you have the attitude that God wants you to have. And I believe this, the right attitude will take you to a different altitude. I just believe that. When your attitude's right, you actually can go places. Because people with right attitudes, they always have good perspective. And people with good perspective can keep on climbing. They can go higher and they can go higher. The right attitude will take you to a different altitude. It'll take you higher and it'll take you higher. And if you think you can't quit, then guess what? You'll never quit. But if you think you'll quit, you know what you'll do? You'll quit. So how your attitude is, and having the attitude of Christ, that'll actually, that can actually elevate you and actually take you to the place where God wants you to be. God doesn't design for anyone here today to be in a lowly place. He, he desires to elevate you. He wants to elevate us ultimately all the way to heaven. That's why he came down to earth so he could take us to heaven, but he wants to elevate you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to lift you up. He wants you to walk around with your chest up a little bit, encouraged, inspired. He doesn't walk you around, want you to walk around in, in, in frustration and defeat and discouragement and depression. He actually wants you to walk around lifted up, and that's why he came. To save you from all, your, all the baggage that you have, to save you from all your life. But he wants to encourage and he wants to inspire you. Jesus wants to do that. And I want to tell you today, he has the power to do that. 
He can do all things. He can do incredible things. He wants to do amazing things in you. I love what Paul says. Paul is like, we could just preach the, all the Paul's, all of Paul's stories for all the rest of this church. But one of the things I love, I love about Paul is Paul says, God can do immeasurably more in your life. Like so, what's immeasurably more, Wes? I can't explain it to you because you can't measure it. I can show you immeasurably, immeasurably more. So here's what Paul says. Here's what this looks like. Philippians chapter 2. He says there in verse 6, this is, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up, God gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. God came down in physical form and as a form of Jesus, and he became a slave. He actually took on our sin. And he's telling us that. He took on the form of a human. He, that's, that's humbling. When you leave a place of honor to go down to a place of loneliness, that's humbleness. I was watching a friend of mine post a video today, and, and, I, was, and I, I was just listening to him talk about his church. And this church was, his church was much like ours. They were doing a set-up church. And, but humbleness is the idea. Have you ever seen the president or CEO of a company walk outside and mow the lawn out in front of the company? You probably have never seen that before. But maybe, maybe you have. Maybe you've seen... Maybe you've seen the president of your company or someone up there go, go down to the person and maybe just shake the janitor's hand. Hey, man, thanks a lot. Thanks for keeping the place clean. Lowering themselves. Have you ever seen the, maybe the president or the CEO of your company go out in the hallways, and when he's out in the hallways, he actually starts picking up the trash off the floor? You ever see him do that? I, I love business owners, and I, God's blessing our, our church with so many different business owners. And, but I also, I love seeing business owners that are humble. Um, or see people that are successful in what they're doing and, and then be humble. This past week, I, Whitney usually sits on the front second row and she's at a ski tournament this week, but I, I go out to watch Whitney ski this week. And uh, Whitney's, Whitney's one, of the, one of the best skiers in the world and, and, um, and I walk up and she's like, hey, um, so-and-so, this is my pastor. And, um, and so she says to her, um, I said, she, the girl walks away, I'm like, who's that? She's like, that's the world's best skier. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, no big deal, NBD. And she's like, um, I was like, that's incredible. She, the girl walks away. The next girl walks up, gives her a big hug. She goes, hey, this is Wes. This is my pastor. I'm like, can you tell me that? Just see him. This is your friend Wes. Introduce me as your friend Wes. And um, she goes, I, she girl walks up. I said, who's that? She goes, she's the best junior world skier. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. When I walked away from all that, I realized I was thinking about Whitney. Whitney was so humble. She's so humble, she, she's, she's, she, 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 you would never think that she was one of the world's best skiers. You would never know that. If you saw her, people like, oh, I wouldn't even recognize her in your church. She's just, just like an average Joe. I love that. This week, I, um, when we first started CrossFit with, um, with, with Lee, I worked out with Lee a lot. I don't know if you remember this, but I worked out with Lee all the time because there was no members. <laughs> it was just me and you. And now there's so many members there now. Well, this week we worked out together. We haven't worked out together in six months because it's just grown so fast. I love seeing people that are that are top of their business or successful, whatever they're, they're at, and but they're they're not they're not better than everybody else. They're just they're down with everybody else, just being like everyone else, just a normal. Jesus left the highest place he could leave, which is heaven, and he came down to earth. That's unselfish. He wasn't trying to impress anybody. Man, he was humble. Man, he wasn't trying to look out for his own interests, but he was actually taking on the interest for you and for me. He did all that for you and for me could have stayed there. Verse 9, therefore God elevated him to the place of the highest honor. He humbled himself, the Bible says in verse 9, therefore, because he did those things, because he lowered himself, because he was obedient, because he was humble, because he was selfless, because he did all those things, 
God elevated him to the place of the highest honor. You know, it's a challenging concept today for you and I, because you know what we do? I said this to Whitney this week. You know what we like to do? We like to elevate ourselves. Isn't that how we typically do it? Look at me. Look how awesome I am. I'm going to elevate myself. I'm going to elevate myself. I'm going to elevate myself. I'm gonna elevate. We elevate ourselves. Whitney said to me this week, she goes, it's so hard. She goes, because I want to be the world's greatest skier, but I also want to follow Jesus. And I wrote her what I would tell you today and what Paul would say to you, and I think what, anybody, what Jesus would say to you, Matthew 6, if you seek first the kingdom of God, all those other things are going to come. You want to live a blessed life? Seek God first, and all those things will come. You want, to, you, want to, you want God to do immeasurably more in your life? Seek God, and everything else just comes the way it's supposed to come. It all plays out the way it's supposed to play out. But if your goal is to be number one, here's what I've experienced. If your goal is to be number one in life, you'll do anything to get there. You'll run over people. You'll do the things to hurt people. And you'll climb, 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 climb. But here's what I've seen on the flip side. If your goal is to lift Jesus up, the Bible says that he'll, he'll bring you up. He actually, can, he actually can lift you up. I've said this, what I've, what I've learned about hanging out with different business owners. If you start a business today, if your goal is to make a lot of money, you, you'll, you'll, it'll never, you'll never make enough money. You'll always want more, you want more, you want more, you want more, you want more. But I also realize about business owners, if you want to help people, if your goal is to help people, then you can help a lot of people. But if you're doing that, you can make a lot of money. Come up with something that will help people, and you'll make a ton of money. But just go cut up, just go steal from somebody else and just try to go make a better business or a better mousetrap from somebody else. And what happens is that you'll always chase, 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 and you'll never have enough. But if you help people, the money will come. He says, I took on a lowly place, and God elevated him. Let me finish this text. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all the names. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every now, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus wasn't selfish. He didn't try to impress people. He was humble. He looked for other people. He tried to lift other people up. He didn't look at his own interests, but he took on the interests of other people, and God elevated him. And here's what the Bible tells us, that Jesus modeled that for us. So I want to give you three quick things today. Three quick things. Jesus shared his life with us so we could share our life with other people. Wes, why was I created? God created you to share your life with other people. You know what one of the hardest things for you to do with your life is? To share it with other people. Because you've been hurt before, because all the list is all there. And it's, you know what about the list? It's all valid. It's all true. Because it happened. I can't, I can't take away from your experiences, the good ones or the bad ones. That whatever your reasons are, but here's what I do want you to know. whether It doesn't matter whether your reasons are validated or not. They're validated because they happened to you. But here's what I do want you to know. Jesus shared his life with you so you could share your life with other people. That's what he wants you to do with your life. He wants you to share your life with other people. I'm going to open up my house. I was telling someone today, we had over 100 people go through our house this community group season. You don't want 100 people going through your house in four short months. I do. I want to share my life with everybody. Sometimes I share too much. <laughs> I just want to share my life. Jesus shared his life with me so I could share my life with other people. Philippians chapter 2, and that's living life in HD. The thing about living life in HD is it's the opposite of living narrow, and it's the opposite of living in black and white, and it's the opposite of living life where things are just fuzzy and unclear. That's, that's the opposite. Life in HD is like, hey, I have this, God gave me everything I have, and I'm going to share with everybody that I come in contact with. I want to share my life with people because Jesus shared his life with me. 
Moms, you guys are some of the greatest sharers that I know. You have to share everything. I just got to the place in parenting after nine years where I'm just now okay to eat cold food. <laughs> Moms that do that stuff since day one, I'm like, that's miserable. I want my food hot. My wife will be like, hey, make your plate. I'm like, oh, you want me to make my plate so I can watch you cut up the food for the babies and make the food for the two big kids and so my food can get cold? Yeah, no thanks. Like, let me just wait till you guys actually start eating because I'm going to eat my food while it's hot. You know what I'm saying, Brad? It's going to be hot when I eat it. Well, like my drink's cold, I like my food's hot. And so I'm going to eat. That's, that's what I do with moms. They, they, you guys are great. You guys are great shares, mom. But Jesus shared his life with us. He modeled that. He wants us to share our life with other people. Here's the second thing I wrote down. Everything we have is given to us by Jesus to manage while we're here on this earth. Everything we have was given to us by Jesus to manage while we're here on this earth. The Bible says, look out. Don't look out for your own interest. Actually, look out for the people. Care for other people. If everything that you have, if you live life like your three-year-old, that's mine. That's mine. No, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. You just close fist. That's mine. That God can never put more in your hand if you live life with that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. Oh, that's mine. That's mine. But if you take what you have and you manage it well, I promise you, there'll always be more. And people that manage their stuff well know that everything they have is from God. It just all belongs to God. I've said this to you guys a thousand times, I don't own my kids, I'm just a manager for just a season. I hope the season lasts a long time. I hope I'm prayerful that they'll grow out of the season that they're in. <laughs> but I know that I'm, I, I have them for, for a season. And I don't know how long the season is for, but I want to manage it well. This church, I don't own this church. This church isn't owned by Wesley Beecham. It's owned by God. And I just want to manage it while I'm here well. When people say, man, you're, you're managing it. You're managing it well. You're, you're, I want God to say, Wes, you're doing, a, you're doing a good job. You're not being selfish with it, Wes. You're, not, you're, not, you're, you're being humble, Wes. You're not trying to impress other people, Wes. You're not taking on the interest of yourself, but you're looking out for the interest of other people. And you're, you're, you're not looking at yourself better than other people. You're just, you're, I want to manage it well. And then lastly, I, I wrote down this. I believe that Jesus modeled humility on the cross so that we can live with him forever. You know, the greatest gift ever given on all the holidays and any and every holiday ever, ever given was the gift that God gave to you and I in the form of his son on the cross for you and for me. That was the greatest gift ever given. It was the most costliest gift you've ever, that ever, that's ever been given. It cost God, his son, the greatest gift ever given, most expensive gift ever given, the most precious gift ever given. Jesus will hold that title until all of eternity, until eternity ends. And eternity never ends. He'll hold that title forever. Jesus gave his son, he, Jesus modeled humility on the cross so that you and I can live forever with him. But here's what I want you to know today. You can, whether you're a mom in here today or not, whether you're a daddy today or here tonight, whether you want to be a parent or you don't ever, 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 ever want to be a parent, which isn't a bad thing. Um, Jesus laid down his life for you. Jesus laid his life down for you. And he did that because he wanted to live with you forever. 
So the greatest thing you can remember today about Mother's Day, that maybe today is the day where you give Christ complete control of your life. And I promise you, you'll never be the same. You'll never, ever, ever, ever be the same. And that's living life in HD. When you totally give your life to Christ, and things begin to look a little bit clearer. Things seem to get, instead of seeing your little world so closed mind, so narrowed, you actually can begin to see the whole landscape that God's, plant, God's created and God's painted, and you actually can begin to see more of that. And instead of seeing things so fuzzy and so black and white and, and maybe just gray, and you're like not, you don't really see color, like half this picture is in color and half this picture is in black and white. Maybe you, maybe, maybe you see things more like the, the picture on, on the right, but maybe, not maybe, I believe today a, a relationship with Jesus Christ will actually begin to shift your life into a picture that looks more high def. And that's what God wants for your life today. I'm going to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes.